Hello and welcome back to the Reload Podcast. My name is Nigel Lamont, and today I'm, I have a special guest with me. Connor and Lee are off on their holidays. Um, do you know anything about that special guest? Do you? Uh, he's a real turkey, nice fella. turkey getting dental on. Oh, is hair that work what he's getting done? Some dental Color, work yeah, and some yeah, hair work yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. I thought like he was there. beautiful as he was. Yeah, but I think so too. Clearly, improvements so, can still be made. As you can hear, the lovely Robin from Studio Ten's with us today. So welcome along. Oh, yeah, yep. Thanks thank for you. having me today. Yep. Thanks for standing in. Um, no sweat. Apologies in advance for everyone listening. We'll get a translated version for you <laughs> later on. Subtitled it? version on YouTube. <laughs> So, yes, thanks very much, Robin, for coming in, standing in. Um, long-time sponsor of the podcast, so it's great to have him along. Robin's going to chat a little about various news stories and just pitch in here and there. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing my best. I'll try and steer this ship. Yeah. So, uh, previous episode was episode, episode 46, and the main part of that was uh, an interview with Gaddis Redman, basically talking mainly about his GMC truck. And that was a great interview, by oh, the way. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, really good. Yeah, it's just if you follow him on Facebook, um, you'll see some of the projects he's had over the years. He had a LS Landover as well, as far as I remember. Oh, yes. But I think him and his friends have came up with some wild and crazy projects yeah. by the sounds of it. But Titanic Dubs, the, the truck was fantastic. Oh, well, it was with Gavin's courtesy car on the back was a real nice touch. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, as usual, we'll just sort of kick into the episode with sort of new with you so robin you haven't been on the podcast in a while what has changed in your life yeah. cars wise or what's going on or uh well i suppose car wise um i made a new purchase a couple of weeks ago changed the wee mark 5 golf uh i bought a 2015 k and s um, something i needed something bigger for towing the track car and started mountain biking again so i needed something to carry the mountain bikes around um and things like that so yeah i wonder i've been after one for a while um or had been looking for one for a while but um they're quite hard to get in the right spec and year and miles and all those things so perfect one come up uh two weeks ago and used cars done donald uh so uh got it there yeah two weeks two weeks coming up on now so yeah loving it just out for a rip in it there earlier on yeah, it's just yeah surreal driving machine yeah it's a good going thing it's the 4.2 v8 uh, diesel uh, so it's 380 brake horsepower um so no really really like it something comfier something um bigger and better for for what i need it for the thing that got me initially when i sat and sat inside it was you feel like you're in the car the way the dash is laid out. Yeah. It doesn't so, feel like yeah, a Jeep dash. Yep. Yeah. So all the dash is quite high up and you sit quite low, which is kind of that sports car feeling as well. Um, I think it was designed sort of for, you know, you have your 911 and then your I, daily driver Kayan and it kind of feels feel, like you, yeah. you know what it is. It's still a, it's still a Porsche. Still um, the brand. It's around that. Yeah. Um, the track car then yeah track car so it's sitting behind us here now just prepping it for well Sunday past when this goes out um, so yeah but this will be it's third run out first two were successful um, just trying to dial in some things trying to dial in with tyres and handling a wee bit uh, still need to improve that though um, it, it does need coilovers it needs stiffened up slightly tyres still need to dial in better uh, and a few wee bits and pieces but it's getting there it's nice every time you go out to maybe do one thing when you come back change one thing and then experience it the next time i think it should be a dry day tomorrow so yes apparently so okay. that would be good yeah that would be yeah. good so yeah that's the plan tomorrow um myself and matthew lennox are heading down so a um, crack bit of crack tomorrow hoping well yeah yeah, yeah. The 911s, it's in winter stories now. It will be, yeah. It's sitting outside. It's been outside for a few weeks. Hasn't really done much in the last couple of months, to be honest. The plan will be get it washed, get it dried, and get it 
in the garage with the cover on it for the winter so i'll probably get a couple more weeks out of it if there's something i can use it for but yeah probably end of october it'll go into storage bring it out end of february again so nice stable of vehicles to have Ah, that's not too bad (laughs) does really (laughs) does okay um myself then i think i was chatting about my mark 5 track card trying to get a bit of work done um i have had hoped to get it out for the last track day in november yeah. but i'm not so sure after uh the mechanic had a good look around for me so i left yeah. it down to brian drysdale and donald there and is he doing time about time we're probably done for it the last few days oh he's uh, got it done and all right don't know uh have it back up home and point, he pointed out a few things so i think there's maybe okay what like was there just suspension uh, there's, there's bits? some dodgy fuel lines and stuff and ah, brakes okay, and stuff okay. like that there and just you're probably three weeks out from the last one of the year and yeah just yeah chatting to andrew last or yesterday we're trying to get it up to his on the ramp and yeah. he's absolutely chock-a-block with yeah. work so getting it up on a ramp before the track day i don't think it's going to be really possible so yeah oh well some dm4 over the one or get it done project Correct. um also i've been sort of my son who used to turn in 17 at the end of november focusing on getting his test so yeah. we've been looking for a car for him for you know learn to drive yeah, in yeah and with covid and all the carry-on used car sales going mental we're now looking at a uh with a budget and there's cars there that two years ago were half the price of what they are now yeah in that budget just, category yeah stuff's just mad um there's, there's one i looked on rms today uh looking at like sort of late 2000s polo mm-hmm. and there's a fella put one up and it's two grand for an 07 polo 1.2 <laughs> That's insane. Isn't that That's mental? insane. That was a thousand pound at a stage, I remember. It was less. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I'm gonna yeah. have to try and So that's what you're looking for, Polo, Ibiza. Polo one point two, twelve valve. I've been told the other one burns valves. This one's the oh, twelve okay. valve you just okay. do the chain or belt or whatever and it's fine, but I was talking to Andy about it. Yeah. Basically there's there's a variation in the engine, but the twelve valve's one of the safe ones, I think. Okay. Could be wrong. Is that After the only that. car he wants, a polo? That's what he is. That's what he's getting. On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's what he's getting. So um yeah that's the plan anyway pretty good so pretty good. that's that's new with us just before i move on to general news we got a message this week from one of the guys in six mile style they do the youtube and instagram accounts one of the guys james mares he had a very bad car crash or a van crash there during the week so just a shout out to james and wishing him a speedy recovery yeah absolutely um yeah. so yeah hope you get well soon buddy so we'll move on to the news then just before we go any further, I'd like to mention our sponsor, Rado Global. Rado Global are an enthusiast-owned company providing you with not only premium automotive apparel, but accessories such as garage banners, stickers, posters, and air fresheners. They're Northern Ireland-based and are an official stockist for 8380 Labs in the UK and Europe. Pop on over to Reload.Global to view their online store and treat yourself to something nice. So I'll kick off the news then. Um, the first topic in the news would basically be the major crash that was the Nürburgring this this week and it was a fatality and it was a rather spectacular crash not in a good way um i think there was 10 vehicles involved flip i didn't hear about this yeah it was an mx5 turbo apparently a regular to the track and well known in the Nürburgring or the the track community in that area uh, it all started with a 911 GT3, began to smoke and drop coolant along the track, pulled in rather than put it around mm-hmm. the track. That's one of the rules of yeah. if you do know you're leaking, pull in or whatever. Yeah. And he was waiting on the recovery truck. I think it was the Bergvac corner and the MX-5 Turbo came around the 
corner basically full speed straight into the recovery truck and instantly burst into flames um as i say 10 vehicles were involved in it safety measures have been called into question i think there's a few questions of what happened yeah on the day so thoughts and prayers to the yeah, family of that absolutely. guy and hopefully yeah. that will be a sudden stop not or coming upon that right yeah. corner yeah uh, rather gory so yeah absolutely motorsport is dangerous folks yep uh what have you got in rob uh some f1 news qatar being added to the season yes um, show me that money qatar yeah absolutely yep so um it's been added it's taking place on the 21st of november this year it's another it's night, the last round race. is it yep yeah it's been the season opener for MotoGP, I think, for a fair few years, Qatar. Uh, but they've signed a 10-year deal with them, with the exception of uh, next year due to the World Cup. I think they're wanting to concentrate their efforts on the World Cup for, for that. But uh, yeah, 10-year deal. Hamilton isn't too happy about it, though, um, due to the country's uh, questionable human rights record. Right, okay. Uh, but I think Hamilton likes to kick up a fuss whenever he can. Yeah, likes a bit of controversy. Uh, I think it's the same with Bahrain. He isn't too happy about as well due to their ethics too so yeah. i think he likes to kick up when he can uh, yeah I, th- I think we're going to actually do an f1 topic shortly uh, on the podcast but i think i'm right in saying that the track owners have to pay f1 to have their event up oh okay tra- i think okay. that's the way it works possibly now. That's yeah the, I think that's the, so obviously yeah. qatar all that oil money just ah, yeah, have, yeah money to burn so yeah um yeah so now and speaking of hamilton he's just got his 100 race record now too clinched that uh he's the only driver ever to win a race in every season of his f1 career which is quite impressive to, to win a to win a race, race in every season every of his season? career yeah yeah apparently he's Wait, the only one to ever race in f1 oh well he's in his what is he he's in his 15th season is this would it be as long as that? Maybe not. He's won a race every season. Uh, That's impressive. Yeah, he's 36 now. So he's trying to chase... Well, he's matching Schumacher's seven-time world championship, but he's obviously wanting to beat that with his eighth. Yeah. So he signed with Mercedes to 2023, so he'll be hoping to do that this year or next, I would imagine. Um. So, yeah, he holds some good records, actually. I was having a wee look over this. So um, some other records he holds... He holds the most points earned in Formula One, uh, followed by Sebastian Vettel in second and thirdly Alonso. He also holds the record for most pole positions, most podium finishes, and most races finished in the points. So I can't deny them stats. This is it. He is a good driver. Yeah, a lot of people don't. I don't mind him actually. I do like him. The the season or the race that there was a I think it was three or four races ago. He started from the back of the grid. Yeah. And he finished, I forget what race that was. Can't remember, can't remember. But he's good under those circumstances. Yeah. He's usually good he when he's under pressure. Yeah, yeah. And in the rain. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's no question he's he has to be one of the best. Yeah, like you've got probably three teams now with the best cars. So, yeah, you know. yeah. Um, it's hard to look past all those those wins. Like Schumacher, he was, what, 91 wins. And then Vettel, he was 53 wins. Alan Prost, 51, Senna, 41, and then Alonso, 32, would be your next just after those. Crazy. So he's just, he's miles ahead. Yeah. He's miles ahead. Did you catch the Schumacher documentary? I did, yes. It was very good. I yeah. was hoping to see more of Schumacher or more about Schumacher, rather, but, uh, yeah, or but in his current state, I mean. I was actually talking to Andy about the um, documentary, and 
they did shed a certain light. Yes. And steered away from other things. They did, they did, yeah. yeah they yeah. were quite reserved in certain areas of it. But it was good to see But it was, like it was brilliant, yeah. His history's fantastic. Yeah. I do like his son, Mick, as well. I think he'll do well if he's given yeah. the right car. Yeah, definitely. Um, which hopefully Got that good DNA. So yeah, nice. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, my last piece of news then is basically more local motorsport, and that is <clears throat> Craig Breen. He joins M Sport Ford in a two-year deal. So him and his uh, co-driver Paul Nagel will lead M Sport Ford into the FA WRC hybrid era in 2022 after signing a two-year contract with the British-based team. The deal marks the biggest step in Breen's career. He's, he's had hit and miss over the years in different sort of contracts and races and all the rest of it. Um, he will drive the new Ford Puma WRC rally on all 13 rounds next year. The first time the Irishman has been handed a full WRC campaign <laughs> following part-time programs at Hyundai and Citroen in recent seasons. So hopefully there's a, something that he can do something well with. Yeah, absolutely. Because he, he undoubtedly has the talent. He just, things haven't worked out for him yeah, over the years. Yeah. He's, he's in the form of his life, claiming consecutive podium finishes in Estonia, Belgium, and last weekend in Finland, the Hyundai i200 World Rally Car. He lay sixth in the driver's standings despite tackling only half the 10 rounds. So it's quite an achievement. So Yeah, he's definitely got the talent. Yeah. And a statement from him, he says, I've been working towards achieving a full-time seat in the WRC since I was a little boy, so this is an opportunity I just couldn't turn down through the 31-year-old. It's been a long road first in the WRC championships with many turns and twists, but we have now given a golden we have now been given a golden ticket to drive for the most prestigious mark in motorsport and fight for the WRC. So that's good. All the best with Craig yeah, and absolutely. his future endeavours. Yeah, we'll that's watching, good. We'll be watching closely. Well deserved. <coughs> you think more there? Uh, new car shortages is a big thing at the moment. Yeah, that's pushing up the used. Yeah, that's used cars. You were chatting about the price of cars for Jack and things like that. And yeah. It's just it's just pushing all used car prices up um, through the roof. Um, some facts and well uh, i'm sure some of you know it's it's due to semiconductor shortages and chips for keys and things like that i remember seeing i think it was an aerial shot of was it the chevrolet or gm's gm mm-hmm. motors or something it was like a runway or something full yeah. of cars that were waiting on chips chips for yeah the end that of last seems year. to be the case yeah i think they're starting to get on top of they're it starting now. to get on top of it i think like audi i heard from a, a client um he just bought a new audi there and they had given him one key and basically it, yeah. said like we'll get you the other key when we can yeah. but we're trying to keep things rolling here with you know giving all the, the the new buyers at least one key to get them going yeah uh but yeah so shortages on that and then obviously because factory shuts shutdowns were happening because of covid as well so it's just held the whole thing up and then uh people not prepared to wait for new cars so they're spending more money on used cars to try and get something yeah it's normally i think it's the culture we live in now buy yeah. click there it is yeah. now instant yeah and now people are having to wait yeah. it's a whole new challenge for people yeah so like car production of just uh noted car production's down 27 percent compared to this time last year Thirty-seven thousand cars rolled off the production lines last month compared to 51,000 last year huh. okay uh, however, alternatively fueled cars, so your electric and hybrid cars, um, have made a record high. They're up twenty-seven percent of, or sorry, they make up twenty-seven percent of all the cars that have been built. Um, so, so they're definitely on the up as well. Um, like we, the wife there, our fiance, just uh, she ordered a Tiguan R line there in May. It was supposed to be coming in August, 
and then Still it was September, the and then it was October, and now it's November, and now it might be after Christmas. The Christmas, yeah. So she's not sure when she's going to get it. And they just keep bringing up her email and apologizing. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and it's not their fault. Like, what do they? What do they say? Just say they're just saying the the, the production's just been delayed. Yeah. Um, she'll get an email every now and again. There's probably somebody in them dealerships, and that's probably their full time job. Them, yeah, just to ring around customers. Know, we were chatting to the the salesman, and he was having a nightmare. He says, "Look, no one, you know, it's not their fault. It's not yeah. the salesman's fault. So all you can do." say well that's okay keep us up that's probably a fact in his pocket too because if you yeah. turn around suddenly and say right i want this car with this specs yeah when it'll get here uh, well if he's next not year. selling cars he's not getting commission yeah, yeah. so, so it's a fact in his pocket it's a fact in his pocket but people don't seem to understand it's not his fault he was no. he was telling um, melissa the last time he was chatting to her he says oh, thank you so so much for for understanding he says i've had nothing but ear eggs all day from people you know they think it's my fault but what do you do it's one of those things everyone's in the same boat that's ordered a new car you know Talking about uh, shortages of cars, also shortage this week has been petrol in England. Yes, that's right. Yeah, should have really covered yeah. this story, but it yeah. sort of ties into that a wee bit. Yeah, it does a bit. Yeah, I think that's I was a, a bit mad. I think I was a media frenzy more of the thing. Mm-hmm. By the sounds of it, yeah. Has our prices went up? I went and got super on late this morning for the oh, track the price, car. Yeah, well, it's one once the shortages come in, they then warned that the prices were going to go yeah. up. That's getting crazy now. So that's mad. Yeah. So now your gas, your electric. Uh, yeah, I feel Armageddon. There's three drums of fuel sitting here for the track car beside us. Those three drums was 110 pounds of super for those three drums of fuel. I threw one in the bit there. And I go just here. crazy. I nearly fell over. <laughs> I just filled them and wasn't well, looking, well, and then that, it come up 110 quid. Will that take you full track day? It will. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it'll, there should be some left over. It'll fill the tank and and give me half a. a so, drum. just so people understand, you're going to track skills tomorrow. It's 140 for yeah, the day. 145 for the day, and then you'll uh, scrub some tires, wear and tear, and then tires, a of fuel. We better brakes and stuff, and then probably a tank and a bit of fuel as well. So, yeah, it can be an expensive enough day. Try not to do it every month, but, yeah. um, but it's good fun. It's good. We haven't really got doing many shows this year, so this is the alternative to that. Yeah, definitely, know? definitely. Um, I was meant to finish my track car this year, wasn't it? You were, I <laughs> and the year before, went, I think. That so went well. I, uh, that went really well, yeah. Going to have to keep, keep you on that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, no, back to the new car thing. Like There was something else I was reading. A lot of new manufacturers have been trying to incorporate the Ferrari strategy, where they'll try and sell fewer cars than the market demands, which means people will pay top dollar for them and increase their profit margins. Too. That sounds like what the timber merchants are at the moment. Yeah. It's restrict supply, absolute prices. Yeah. yeah. Just like the pattern we talked about two yeah. seconds ago. Uh, so... And what they're doing as well, instead of raising the sticker price of the car, they're reducing the incentive for the dealers to discount the car. So if you go into the dealer now, you'll get less of a discount, but the manufacturer then gets more money back in their pocket. So that's as an alternative to raising the sticker price, because obviously if you raise the sticker price, you're going to look elsewhere. So the dealers are taking the hit on it, basically, and not the manufacturers. Interesting strategy. Yep, yep. Another interesting or very boring fact you decide is car prices are rising faster than people's salary. So I was reading an article about that. So, for example, in 2011, the cheapest VW Polo was £9,495, which is 45% of the average salary. And this year, the cheapest VW Polo is £17,355, which is 67% of the average salary as well. So it's going to become, it's going to get to the point where anyone in, in good marked cars, you know, your BMWs, your Audi, prestige stuff, you know, they're definitely paying for it. It'll be less of a white goods type thing. Just trying to 
compare that to the Gulf R phenomenon that there is mm-hmm. in this country. Like, I think when the lease deals came out, when the Gulf R was released, oh, 14, the mm-hmm. Mark 7 R came out. Um, I think all far back then was 31, 32. Yeah, yeah. A new Gulf R now is well oh, in the 40s. Massive. I was speaking to someone. So there's like, a space of seven years. Yeah. An increase of 10,000 pounds. Well, a quarter. I was speaking to someone at a wedding yesterday. Was that Paul Hickman? Shout out to you. Congratulations, buddy. Yes, congratulations. Uh, so, yeah, I was speaking to someone yesterday and they had a three year old Gulf R with 20,000 miles and they were looking to sell it and they put it into We Buy Any Car and they gave them 29,500 pounds for that. That couldn't what have been that, much sorry? more. That was three years old. I think he said it was. Well, there's my brother. He has a 19 plate Gulf mm-hmm. R. He bought it in the winter before COVID. So it'll be winter 20. Mm-hmm. 19 stroke 20. And uh, he will not have lost a penny in that That's car in half two years. That's insane. Yep. Yep. Manufacturers too, see, have started to uh, do away with their most base models. Like the Ford car now, they've done away with completely because they can't make enough profit margin on it. So they're, th- they're th- stopping those. I think Connor mentioned this when we're talking about the Gulf. Yeah. Um, in America, there's just. There's, There's no base the, models. I think it's just a spec. The, yeah. the GTI is the rabbit. Yeah. They can make more profit margin on cars uh, with the tech. They'll just up the price slightly, fill it with tech. Their profit margins are better on the tech. Well, some I, I heard a rumor one time or someone was talking about it. the reason Volkswagen flooded the market with Gulf R's is to pay for the diesel gate. Ah, uh, okay. Because okay. it's high spec, high value. And yeah. Yeah, that covered that to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Flip. Their little mishap they had with yeah. diesels. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and car prices are going to continue to go up because over the next few years there uh, are going to become more legal requirements so from next year I think it is see the next year 2023 uh, every car is going to have to have a camera to read uh, road speed limit signs and notify you of the speed limit to try and keep your your speed down they're also going to have to be fitted with and most cars now are fitted with this is you know the sos yeah call button so they all have to be fitted with these sim cards and things like that so again more costs for for that and this is going to be a legal requirement from next year on they'll probably link it to your phone or something as well yeah probably probably so big brother is definitely watching yep absolutely absolutely so that's the news for this week yep that's me for that we'll move on to a bit of the socials and youtube then so I'm just going to talk about YouTube. You've got any YouTube you want to talk about? Uh, you YouTube, I haven't got really watching no. much YouTube recently. The last month's been sort of hectic with work and stuff, yeah. but um, I haven't really got watching much. Uh, sometimes, was, sometimes you get into the channels and then get I, bored I do that. No, sometimes I come home at night there at sort of at 10 o'clock, cup of tea and a bit of YouTube on, and then you sort of fall out of that yeah. pattern a wee bit. But I've been watching that. I do love Harry's Garage. Ah, love watching his he stuff. He's done a trip there in, I think it's the new... An electric Ferrari down to Cornwall. Oh, was that no? That was that not the Roma? Or I? He's on a Roma? trip down to the south of France ah, as well. Okay, okay. That was in the. Oh, flipping out. Yeah. He's done he, some he's good do, trips there. Two, he's done two road trips there. One was yeah. down to the south of France, and he got stuck up closed roads. It cost him six hours in his yeah. trip, oh. and then he done a Cornwall or something like that trip. He stayed yeah. over. He's living the dream, out, Harry. Oh. Yeah, some story I, I listened to him on a podcast one time yeah. he launched his magazine I don't know if I've talked about this before he had a farm mm-hmm. the, the Harry's Farm videos on mm-hmm. YouTube channel as well but to raise finance for Evo magazine he took a mortgage out on a shed in That's exclamation right. mark I did hear that yes. of 100 or 2,000 yes. I think it was 200,000 yeah. that was launch money for the magazine Evo That's crazy <laughs> 
The Greys now. I that know. could have ended completely badly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's yeah. how he's done well. the vast majority of entrepreneurs. Yeah, it's very easy to watch. Yeah. Some of them will watch as well, but uh, your man, Mr. JWW, but he's quite hard to watch at times. I'm it's a wee bit bummy and blowing. Yeah, look at all my cars. Yeah, it's it's hard to watch <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, although his content's pretty good. But, yeah. Um, I like more sort of grassrootsy stuff. You yeah. Know? It's not too... Yeah, likewise. Don't get me wrong, I like watching the high-end stuff from mm-hmm. time to time, but um, as you'll see from my roundup of stuff here. Yeah. So the first place I want to start is the Driftworks channel. So um, the vast majority of the material coming out in the last while has been his Lamborghini Merchilago, the GT1 body kitted one that he done. I think he took it to the fitted show there last month Mm -hmm. as well. But an interesting one has been his uh, the workshop next door to him is uh, Torque Flight. Uh, Craig is the guy that runs that and he's just an absolute the mad scientist of motorsport engineering. So he's right next door to Driftworks. So any mad projects, you look at the Driftworks garage and Craig has built them. Yeah. So Craig himself, he will do project cars on the Driftworks channel. And one I've been watching because I love them so much is the Pajero Evo Jeep. Mm-hmm. Do you remember them? Oh, yes, I do actually. So yeah, He yeah. bought one. Um, That'd be a hard thing to get hold of. Yeah, he bought one which wasn't too bad condition. Uh, they normally come with 3.5 V6 VVT, VVTi 24 valves with 275 brake. And if you've watched Craig's builds over the years, it's full America and all mm-hmm. conversions. LS this, LS that. So this wasn't any different. So he fitted a Corvette LT engine which is a uh, v8 supercharged monster and this one's putting out 800 brakes so he completely stripped the thing chassis down full body work all the rest of it so watch it i think there's probably four or five videos on it over the past year i think he started during lockdown last year i must watch some of his stuff i haven't really watched any of his videos it was interesting to uh watch it just completed yeah it's just such an absolutely ridiculous yeah there's actually a video, uh, part of the video, where he lines it up against a standard one and takes off, and it's just like, <laughs> see ya. I'd like to see, see that. Later. Yeah. So I think he's just bought a new GT3 I've seen on social media seen this morning, yeah, the black one. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. lovely. I've yeah. seen that this morning. He had the daughter in the front yes, seat. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So watch the series there, Driftworks channel. It's always pretty good. Moving on then, and if you're into Audi's, at all you've probably well connor mentioned in the last episode that ken block has signed up with audi so there's been a series of videos of ken and oh flip what do you call your man that runs hoonigan i forgot his name now oh, flip, i'm not sure i haven't watched any of the videos he's a, bit, a, a big audi freak too and the both of them go into uh, the audi tradition museum as part of this new launch and they drive some absolute monsters first of all they're just walking down the whole row of Audi motorsport history. Is this on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. I must watch the Hoonigan, yeah. the Hoonigan channel. It's either on the Hoonigan channel or a Ken Block's private channel. So they're like kids in sweet shops and they let Ken drive some of the cars. <laughs> so the first car he goes to is a UR Quattro S1 Evo 2. It's actually Walter Rolls. <laughs> Monte Carlo winning car. So he rattled it around. And you can sort of see the guy, the manager, sort of going, yes, you can drive. You can I was going to say that's quite cool you, of them you can to see let him, him do that. You can see him smiling but nervous yeah. at the same time. <laughs> like, he, he pointed at the IMSA uh, GTO car. Uh, and the man just went, no, nope. you're not driving that. <laughs> <laughs> so you can sort of see where yeah. the priorities are. Yeah. Then, well, saying that there, they wouldn't let him drive it, but they let him drive the Group S prototype. You know, the one that sort of was meant to come after the S1 oh, Evo? yes, yes. The mid-engine yep. monster. Mm-hmm. He took it out 
and only five people have driven this in the world and Ken's been Flapping. Ken's now one of them hmm. he took out uh, a couple of uh, electric cars as well I think the new GT E something e-tron ah uh, yes e-tron give it a ragging and then he took out the motorsport e-vision uh, but the highlight for me apart from the S1 Evo 2 was Hans Stuck's DTM the V8 he, the noise of it yeah the four wheel drive V8 just the 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 history of that car is just mental. Did it show you around any of the other cars they had in their collection, you know, that he Br- didn't even drive? Briefly, they just sort of yeah, walked around them. I'd like to see but that. in yeah. the previous Hoonigan video, um, the guy, I forget his name, still hasn't come to me. <laughs> he does a full walk down and yeah. breaks down the cars. So I think it was last year, the flu, or the year before. Cool. So uh, definitely, there's two videos out so far from it. And I think next week, there's a big thing happening at the end of the, that video they just sort of went, look out for what we're going to do with ah, Audi so okay, cool. I'm sure it'll be something absolutely yeah, that's good they've got involved with him now yeah, yeah so yeah. yeah Connor was saying in the last episode we're all wondering where he's going to and there he goes yeah, he's, going, he's going to Audi, going to Audi. So, um, next up then is the British Draft Drift Draft Drift Championship uh, they started doing uh, they've probably done it before but I've only really came to my attention this year live coverage of their events oh right okay um last weekend i don't know what date that would have been they've done the t-side live coverage so mm-hmm. it was good there that you know we have notifications up on my phone when they go live and stuff oh, so you okay, can watch yes. the qualifying rounds and the, the the finals on the sunday evening so interestingly there was kevin uh kilgariff kevin was interviewed by us in the podcast at mechanic grid oh yes i see that one the white yeah. 330d yeah. yeah oh i was driving like a legend <laughs> and steve mcconnell who won jim connor grid he was on it too so it was good Watch them mm-hmm. guys are over here yeah. going around yeah. and stuff like that. But the final came down to the usual suspects, Dwayne McKeever and Connor Shannon. So Dwayne McKeever ended up taking the champion or the, oh, the okay. race. So or the, the the round. Yes. Whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. It's not a race as such. Yeah. Sorry. Not a drift guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have no input here either. <laughs> Rob's just sitting on his head. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah. Same <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, if you're in the drifting, BDC youtube channel is very good to watch uh moving on then i'm a big just box follower on youtube and it's exciting to see now that uh neil has finally got the car on all four wheels he's got the engine bay painted the last video released this week was them putting the axles front and rear the subframe and all in so it's now on four wheels and what car is this on sorry he's been restoring an a86 for the past three or four years oh, okay um slowly 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 yeah <laughs> Uh, but Neil's just complete JDM. Just he's just an encyclopedia of knowledge, yeah. and yeah, it's great to see that he's doing that. And I think it was a Drift Games video I was watching a couple of weeks ago. There's a coffee meet they're at, and they vlogged at it, and they're talking to Neil, and he sort of let it slip. And I hope to have it finished by Christmas. Now I know there's a backlog in his videos, so what you've seen of that going down in four wheels, it could be uh, far more than well on from now. now so, from uh, yeah, good to see. Um, just finally on YouTube back to Drift Games again just yeah. suggested channels uh, suggested videos come up sometimes when you watch YouTube and there's a series filmed a few years ago and it was a sort of movie type five part series uh, called Smoke and Mirrors and I don't know why I've never watched this before but it was basically sort of covering the highlights and the low points of the drifting season in Ireland the IDC when it was in place it's, it's no longer anymore like but uh, if you're into drifting, drift game guys, they do good farming and the narration's good. Mm-hmm. If you're stuck somewhere, it's definitely a good series to yeah. watch. So yeah. that's YouTube for me anyway. Cool. 
just bef- just to understand the socialist type thing, I just want to give a shout out to another podcast. I know people are always sort of messaging going what other podcast is they're listening to. So me and Connor and a few friends have really got into a podcast recently. Uh, it's actually on the East Coast of America. It's the People's Car Podcast. It's a, it's a Volkswagen. I think maybe I hear Connor speaking about that. Volkswagen based uh, podcast. So it's Danny and Ryan run it. Um, if you're looking for a podcast, I recommend to watch How it. How long has that been going? Is there a bit of a backlog to that? Yeah, I think there's probably, there, I think they're 40 or 50 deep anyway. Oh, wow, that'd be good. I must listen own. to that one then. Yeah, um, I could do some new They're real hardcore old school Mark 1, Mark 2, mm-hmm. Mark 3 Volkswagen yeah. proper dudes. Like, I'll put that on my list for next very, week. They're very entertaining to listen to. I really enjoy it. And they even mentioned Titanic dubs there last oh, week. So that's good. Did. Very so, good. Because yeah, yeah. they follow yeah. the podcast and they follow me and Connor, I think, as well. So American friends. American friends. friends. Yeah. Connor's busting to get back to America. Ah, uh, yeah. Vag- <laughs> I think Vagfair. Is it Vagfair? They've released their dates. Oh, right. For next that year. was the one Connor and Lee had wanted mm-hmm. to go to, wasn't it? Helen, Georgia, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think uh, they'll be booking flights they'll be shortly. They'll at the bit to so, get to that. Yeah. Cool. But, cool. Yeah. That's our socials on YouTube for this week. Brilliant. Okay, so we'll move on now and a sort of little mini topic to sort of cover here. Um, asked on social or Instagram for sort of what's your favorite Bond car mm-hmm. over the years. So we'll read them out at the end, stuff like that. The reason for this, obviously, is the release of the latest film, No Time to Die. Went and seen it Tuesday night. Oh, did you go and see it? Very good. Don't Very tell good. me. Don't Very tell good. me. I'll not tell you the plot. No, no. I'll end it. So, uh, yeah, James Bond, always been a fan myself, but the thing that makes us bond for me apart from the gadgets all is the cars with the gadgets so we're going to look back at some of the coolest cars that starred in uh, bond films or f- i think it's well over 50 years now the 60s they started doing bond so some of the coolest cars over 50 years with britain's most famous ima5 isn't so Rob, what sort of defined a bond car for you my favorite was the one in casino royale the aston martin dbs yeah that was my all-time favorite bond car like it was, it was always the gadgets. Yeah, Didn't yeah. Really the, matter, other, the other one I did like, yeah. When you mentioned gadgets, was was it Tomorrow Never Dies with Pierce Brosnan? Where oh, no, the no, I'm going to cover this now. Oh, okay. I'm going to cover this. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was my other favorite. One. Was I always, that. Uh, the, what what made a Bond car was the gadgets, the cool sort of tricks and the brand and the cool brands, yeah. the, the sports model and the sheer speed of the vehicles yeah. he was using. Well, in some cases, but we'll talk about that a bit more. So rather than, I'm sort of going to go individual cars, but I'm going to th- go through sort of some of the major brands that have been mm-hmm. in the series. So cool. I'll start off with uh, Lotus. Th- this was probably the Bond car that really hit me first when I was a kid growing up. The Lotus Esprit Turbo S1. It was the film 1977, The Spy Who Loved Me, Roger Moore. Yeah. Now, I wasn't born in 1977. Yeah, just, I'm sure. Yeah. But... Basically, come Christmas... You were about 25 at that uh, stage. Uh, come, come Christmas, you know yourself, the TV channels just far out every yeah. Bond film going. So the Lotus Esprit Turbo, do you remember it? The white one? I do. This is the one that went in below the water as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was brought in for The Spy Love Me. Now, the Lotus Esprit, I think it was, uh, it was only making a 160 break, <laughs> not the 68.4 seconds, but... People didn't know that and watched the film. It looked really sporty. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure it handled great because it was a Lotus at the end of the day. Uh, the gadgets in it. So the gadgets in it was a cement sprayer behind the number plate. Uh, I do with that because I need my yard done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the borrowed off travel? Can I borrow they? that and get the yard done? <laughs> Don't you? Don't your driveway <laughs> done. <laughs> uh, but the highlight, as you say, was that it drives into the ocean. Yes. And I think all is lost. Wheels but all flip. of a sudden, the wheels yeah. flip. 
fins go out uh-huh. turns into submarine yeah. So they must have improved the seals from the, the original <laughs> Lotus for that one. Driving down yeah. the road and all you can hear is the, I, the wind. I had driven one of the, the next era of Lotus spray after that uh, on a rainy day going to MOT one time and there was as much water in the car as there was outside at all. Canoe engineering, so great British I, motorsport. I can't imagine the one in the film <laughs> had its original seals. <laughs> so the Lotus stroke submarine had torpedoes, service to air missiles and... I think one of the funniest bits in that film was when they're done doing what they were doing underwater. Remember they drove up onto the beach and everybody was sunbathing? Oh, them? yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he, I think he, he ate a fish or something and threw it out of a guy oh, as he drove okay. up the beach or something like that there. Yeah. Um, so Lotus continued then to the next Bond film for your eyes only in 1981. They had, I think I put a picture up of a Lotus on the Reload channel, the, bur- the burnt red one on the BBS. Oh, yes, yep. Yeah, so uh, it looks absolutely that gorgeous. That looked really cool. That was really, really nice. That it, it had... Uh, that uh, was super cool. ski thing, yeah. but they turned into rocket launchers. Now, the, the Lotus Esprit, that series of Lotus was uh, 50 break up on the S1. So it was not 65.4, so we're getting a bit quicker. But um, That's a vast improvement, isn't it? Yeah, so the rocket, the, the gadgets and it were good as well, but the rocket launchers and the ski racket was very, very yeah. good. Like so it was. But just a, just a wee side point, Elon Musk, he bought the prop car from the original The Spy He Loved Me. Oh, okay. The white one that turned into a submarine. Um, He paid £600,000 for it. He is getting converted into a proper submarine, so it's functional. And here's how much he loves it. In the new Model S Tesla, there's an Easter egg. If you dial 007 into the screen... Mm-hmm. It puts up a picture of the spree no and way. brings up depths, depths, from, know, depth cool. in the ocean or something <laughs> like that. There, so uh, yeah, that's information you need. Yeah, definitely. I can <laughs> tell all your friends about that. I can't believe I haven't known this before. You don't learn things like that there. So the spree turbo was really cool. They actually made the spree turbo up in two thousand and four. The last spree turbo had a V eight twin turbo. Yes, so, so the, that's the one I had. Yes, that's the one I was chatting about. Yeah. I think one of my friends, a mechanic, and he had one in, and the owner of it was just spending money. Just oh, blue they're turbos. Serious. They're yes. serious. They're like Vauxhall, Vauxhall Corsa B indicator stocks. Oh, fantastic. Um, loads of Vauxhall bits and pieces in it. They're noisy. Could, peg to drive. Can only be good then. Yeah, horrible things. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> so we'll move from Lotus to the far side of the world then, from England to Japan, and we'll move on to Toyota. So one of my... F- pretty f- top cars in a Bond film would be the Toyota 2000 GT. This is a real um, rare, rare thing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was in the f- 1967 film, You Only Live Twice. I think Sean Connery was in that one. Um, very Japan-based Bond film. So the 2000 GT was Japan's first supercar. So Toyota supplied them with two cars, but when they started filming on set, they realized Sean Connery, he's a big lad. He couldn't fit in the cars properly. He looked mm. absolutely ridiculous sitting in it. <laughs> Uh, so he's too tall so Toyota just went hold my beer <laughs> went back to the production line and made two roasters for them okay so never to be made in production you talk about rare this was really rare yeah the actual non-roaster GT there was only 351 of them ever made hmm. 150 were sold out outside Japan they were meant the roasters were meant to be scrapped but they were sold to private ownership one went to the UK and then sold back into Japan. Both of them are actually now in Japan. And here's one for you. Mm-hmm. Big juice box fan that I am. <laughs> Their latest series, Japan Navan, uh, Neil and Ruben and your guy Flipside. 
they visit all these like old school tuner shops, you mm-hmm. know, like JDM tuner shops, and they didn't realize they were, they were visiting this workshop one night. And there's all these cool cars. One of the Bond cars was in the corner. Flap. In this uh, showroom stroke workshop. And it was only after, I don't know if they got uh, uh, got home or watched the footage back or whatever. Oh, so they didn't the, the guy the that was showing them around the workshop was going, Bond, Bond, 007, 007. And they, they were just going, ah, uh, I don't know. We don't know. And I know it turns out that car is probably Flap. worth about three million pound. But uh, the original non-roaster they they're now selling on the market between half a million and a million pound. They're just uber Fine. uber rare. Yeah, uh, the one in Bond because it was Japan. What do you what do you technology in Japan? You've got Sony. So the two thousand GT in nineteen sixty seven had CCTV CCTV <laughs> a VCR cameras at the front, two A radio, and all sorts of goodies in it. Basically, Except that was some tech for its day. So uh, yeah, that was Toyota. Moving on then, we'll move on to BMW. So with the arrival of Pierce Brosnan, I think it was, where I think BMW then had a brand deal mm-hmm. with uh, the, Bron- the Bond franchise. So in 1985, they launched with the ever so exciting Z3. That was in Goldeneye uh, okay. in 1985. Uh, product placement, uh, the Z3. It was, I think it was in the film for about five or ten months. I don't months. even remember seeing that one. Yeah, well, you'll you'll know why, because he basically picks it up from Q. Q brand sort of go, yeah, there's a quick stinger missiles and ejector seat and radar. So Bond takes it from there mm-hmm. to a plane, hands it over to another agent, said, don't touch the buttons. That's the only that action in that car scene. Aye, okay. Because so I don't remember that at all. You talk about Brandon. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. So moving on then, we move to 97, Tomorrow Never Dies. The big 750 That's IL. one of my favorite Bond movies, yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies. So uh, it was the most high-tech Bond car to date. What year did you say it was? 97. Sorry. 97, flip. I stand to be corrected. I often am, but I think it's 97. Gadgets included electric door handles, sledge-proof windows, tear gas. Uh, but the highlight, and I think it's the one that everybody will remember this car for, was the remote control driving from a Sony Ericsson phone. Oh, he yes. Remember he was surrounded by guys the car, machine he, gun? Yes, he was down in the car park. Yeah, Isn't that right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so the big scene is basically him yeah. staring it from that's his cool. phone. Um, that's a big favorite with a lot of folks. Then we move on to 99 and we had the absolutely beautiful Z8. Yes. So this was the last in the contract with BMW and with previous product placements that have been really good for sales. So BMW really pushed the boat out and they pushed the Z8. This was a serious push by BMW and a, a new type of sports car for them. This was a, I think it was a five liter V8, around 400 brake horsepower. This thing, this wasn't to be taken lately. That was lately. the M5 engine of that era, wasn't it? The E, some BM guy, I'll correct it probably me here, was E39 fi- M5. A, a five liter V8, it sounds like it. Eh? Um, yeah. 4.9 maybe it is. Um, there's only a few thousand of the Z8s produced. And there's an Alpine special edition, so it had all the Alpine touches and a wee bit of power. Um, full of gadgets again, but I think the f- most famous scene of the Z8 is the helicopter chase scene. Mm-hmm. So one of the gadgets is in the sides of the doors, he has serviced air missiles. So he's being chased by a helicopter. <laughs> he downs one of the helicopters. Ah, job done. Happy days. But then a sell- second helicopter comes in with one of the big bosses. And they have a large saw hanging from it. Yeah. So the scene is the Z8 getting cut right down in half in the middle. 
I think that car actually now resides in the BMW Museum. Oh, oh, I'm near okay. sure it is. So Z8s are, they were, I think they were about 80,000 new, but I think now you're looking about 150,000 uh, yeah, for them. So yeah, that was BMW's walk with uh, Bond over the years. So they basically had the end of the 90s. Not to go off topic, but isn't it funny how we sleep fast and furious for all their silly ah. goings on and this has you been going it's on. It's totally through, normal. But Bond, it's fine. Totally this normal. Is fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's Bond. <laughs> <laughs> then there's that element of ridiculousness. Yeah. But there's a bit of realism to it too. Yeah. Ish. Aye. It's been weeks since I've seen a Zeri with missiles. And there's John Joe with surfaced air missiles going down the road. <laughs> yeah. So let's get on to the meat of the Bond franchise, and that is Aston Martin. Yeah. So yes, they've yes. had a relationship with Bond over the years, that's for sure. They've featured in 25 Bond films to date. Uh, more than any other brand, so making the parent truly iconic. I don't know if I read this or somebody told me, the first Aston Martins that were in a Bond film, the production company had to go and buy them. Aston oh, Martin right, didn't supply okay, them. Okay. And it was only after their sales just went yes. through the roof, they just went, oh. Oh, this is working. Oh, this is good. Oh, so, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, so we'll kick off with the Aston Martin DB5, the classic. Most of the films, there's a DB5 yeah. at some stage, whether it's sitting in the corner or he's driving it or whatever. It's featured heavily in the last installment there. So probably the most known yeah. Bond car. So, so we'll start at the beginning. While Bentley may have been the first car driven by Bond in the novels, Fleming introduced, Fleming introduced the Aston Martin DB3 in Goldfinger following a suggestion from a fan. 007 and Aston Martin have been entwined ever since. In the novels first released in the 1950s, Bond drove the Aston Martin DB mark three but when it came to the film version in 1964 goldfinger it was time to use a more contemporary vehicle uh step forward the db5 luxury tour was advanced for his time even without bond's gadgets featuring all aluminium or if you're american aluminum <laughs> six-cylinder engine producing 282 brake horsepower 1960s that's a lot that of horsepower that is, like, that is yeah uh DB, db5 1960s could hit 145 mile an hour that's impressive that's a weapon uh, it featured famous gadgets such as machine guns and a jagger seat and revolving license plates. The license plates thing I remember that's as kids, cool. it was just like, that's class. Uh, the DB5 came synonymous with Bond. The DB5 is also featured in Thunderball, Goldeneye, Tomorrow Never Dies, Casino Royale, Skyfall, Spectre, and as I said, the latest. But I didn't realize it was in so many. Yep, so it's been in the eight. There you go, it's <laughs> written down in the eight. Uh, then we have the Aston Martin DBS 1969. Like actor George Lazenby, the incarn- incarnation of the Aston Martin DBS starred in just one Bond film on Her Majesty's Secret Service. In the real world, the DBS was the successor to DB6, taking on more modern styling, including a fastback style rear and a more muscular front design. It was a new direction from the more traditional DB series of Aston Martins. DBS did not play the typical role of a Bond, par- Bond car, going wheel-to-wheel in chases fitted with latest gadgets, but it did play a key part in the reviving corners- cornerstone of the Spy Series legacy. The car was draped in flowers for 007's wedding to Tracy, who was killed later in the film. While it will never be a Bond car again, it did make a very brief cameo in Diamonds Forever, where the eagle-eyed fan could see it in the background at the Q workshop undergoing alterations. It always liked to leave Easter eggs in. Yeah. yeah. Um... Moving on then, the Aston Martin V8 and Volante. Yes, that was a nice one too. Yep. It's in the latest one too, so it is. Oh, was it? Yeah. Mm. After nearly two decades, the Aston Martin V8 was the car that reignited the pairing of Bond and Aston Martin. In 1987, The Living Daylights, Timothy Dalton's James Bond was the man behind the wheel. Hailed as Britain's first 
supercar boosted by a Ferrari Daytona beating is not the 60 time the V8 was the ideal Bond car fitted with missiles, lasers and a futuristic heads up display and rockets. The choice to pair Bond with the winter spec Aston Martin V8 led to a thrilling chase sequence as 007 powered through the mountains on the run from the KGB and local police to create a thrilling chase sequence. Bond's machine is first introduced as the V8 Volante convertible and the Aston Martin in the scene belonged to the then Aston Martin Lagonda chairman Victor Gauntlet. It then becomes the V8 when Q winterizes the car, notably making a hard top, meaning Bond technically drives two different models in this film. Mm. Moving on then, the Aston Martin V12 Vanquish. Pierce Brosnan's run as James Bond featured a variety of Aston Martins, including the V12 Vanquish that appeared in 2002's Die Another Day. The V12 Vanquish was the star of the Bond's most iconic film or iconic car chases and as famous as the Aston Martin that could turn invisible. Do you remember that one? Oh, Through the adaptive yeah. camouflage? Yeah. 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 Its array of gadgets proved crucial in Bond's battle with assassin and terrorist Zhao, with quick thinking allowing the spy to flip the Vanquish right side up. Remember he was in the ice and then he hit the, the, yes. the career or the uh, thing, the not the ejector seat, the convertible thing, it just went pop what right was away. the other car, the body car in that? Am I thinking of the right film? That wasn't the Jag one. Jag I think one, I think there was Jags. Yeah, though. yeah. I remember watching a behind the scenes. I think all them prop cars were fitted with like American LSs or something. Were they? Because to get them guns to fit mm-hmm. the engines that were in the DBSs or something, or the the Vanquishes, they had to fit a smaller engine. Oh, okay. So they could get, get the machine fit. gun and uh, props and yeah, stuff like yeah. that there. So. Yeah, uh, weapons such as autocannons, rockets, and ice-gripping spikes helped Bond come out on top in one of the best car chase scenes in Bond history. Hitting speeds of 180 miles an hour and not the 16 under five seconds, this was cutting edge Aston Martin for a company that was now very much on the rise. So 2006, Casino Royale, my favourite Bond. Craig, 2006 that was. Wow. Daniel Craig was in it. Pivotal moment for the Bond franchise, returning 007 to his roots in the film based upon the first novel, while introducing a new lead, Daniel Craig. Um, pairing Craig with the debut of the DBS certainly helped as Casino Royale became the first Bond film to have two different Aston Martins actively featured in the same film the DBS would meet in a glorious end as Bond swerved away from impacting Eva Green's character Vester Lind his Aston Martin rolled several times setting a world Guinness for the most canon rules in a car in the process oh yes I do remember that was was Ben Collins not involved with that yeah I think so that was done at a proving ground in England yeah Yep. The winter uh, track? Yeah, was is. that not... Oh, what track was that? Someone will correct me, maybe, but in my head, is it not the Lotus, some of the Lotus track or something? something like maybe that. I'm wrong. Could be wrong. Um, Aston Martin provided four hand-built DBS prototypes to the film, playing its part in revitalizing Bond for the modern audience. The model would continue into the sequel of Quantum of Solace, not the best Bond. Mm, it was no. the one in the desert, remember? Yeah, it wasn't the best. Uh, and took a star turn in a thrilling car chase around Italy's Lake Garda, helping the film begin with a thrilling open sequence. That was actually one of the coolest openings. It's Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. It should have been one film, but they made it into two. Because ah, it yes, ends okay. with you know, him chasing the car and then starting in the tunnel. And, oh, yes, that's the right. Opening scenes, fantastic. Right. Absolutely fantastic. So then Aston Martin... DB10, that's the last Aston Martin I'm going to talk about. So it was exclusively developed for Spectre 2015. So, you know, the Bond franchise is a bit of, bit of sway here mm-hmm. when it's dictating to Aston Martin here. Let's develop that's a car. Yeah. Uh, so it helped celebrate 50 years of Aston Martin and James Bond, tracing all the way back to the DB5 and Goldfinger. Only 10 were ever built by the team in Gaiden, with eight using Spectre, and it was later revealed that DB10 was heavily influenced by the then on. Veiled 2017 Vantage. 
It designed its design cues were, were seen by uh, Mark Rickman, the chief creative officer, um, and to be seen in the more recent car road car range. Inspector Q reveals that the DB10 has a few tricks up its sleeve before the car is reassigned to 009. Sly. Uh, Bond then <laughs> borrows the car and travels to Rome. See ya! Leading to a spectacular, t- spectacular chase to a historic city as assassin Mr. Hinks pursues. The car's flamethrower save the day as Bond ejects from the car moments before it flies into the Tiber River. Um, that sort of summarizes some of the, the great Aston Martins over the years. They had another Easter egg in uh, No Time to Die. They had a Valhalla sitting in one of the wind tunnels in Q branch when they went oh, in. So right, they did okay. as well. So, uh, no, the relationship with Aston Martin has been absolutely fantastic yeah. to watch over the years. So it seems to work well both ways for them. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good relationship. Just a few sort of wee subnotes to the, the topic. I've just sort of left it at the end here. The first Bond car in the Bond series was actually a Sunbeam, Alp- Sunbeam Alpine. <laughs> oh, it was. Little humble car. Yeah. One of the cool wee cars in the chase was in Octopus in 1983. A Badger RE, otherwise known as Tuk Tuk. Do you remember yeah. the scene, the most ridiculous chase to date? So, turns out Bond's in a car chase, and it just so happens that Q Branch has modded it, so they get away quickly from their enemies. No bother. <laughs> um, another memorable car in one of the Bond films is the Renault 11, viewed a kill with Roger Moore in 1985. Uh, there was a chase through some heavy uh, Prisian traffic, lots of stunts, driving over buses. Very, very good car chase. The highlight of it was um, he drives through the barrier and I remember the roof gets cut off. Oh, yes. And, and then does it not get cut in half yes, or something too? Yeah. He gets rear-ended and the whole half of it comes off. Yeah. And then he continues driving <laughs> down the road on two wheels. But it's the movies. You don't need a fuel tank yeah, in the movies. Yeah, I was going to so just say, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I hope you enjoyed that. Just a quick summary of bond over the years that's cool it's hard to believe that daniel craig's been doing it for so long i think he's the longest standing bond yeah i think so uh, so he's we'll, been very good um yeah i hope you enjoyed that there we're just going to finish up with a few we uh we put out a question stroke sort of topic of bond on instagram stories so if you haven't listened to the podcast before just keep an eye on our socials uh before we record sometimes we'll put a request out for questions or comments stuff like that there so we'll move on to that now so before we go into our questions, I'd like to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Studio 10 Bespoke Car Care. Studio 10 are a car care business located in Ballymena, Northern Ireland. Robin specializes in vehicle detailing, paint correction and ceramic coatings. Studio 10 are the only Mavinci approved detailer in Northern Ireland and are proud of many years experience in the automotive industry. Studio 10 also offer an online training program, Foundation Pro. This training program is designed for those who want to improve their current skill set, whether it be to detail their own vehicle to a much higher level or considering starting their own validating business. This course also features many benefits, such as discount codes for various detailing companies and much more. To view all their detailing packages, training courses and obtain details on all their services they provide, visit their website at studio10car.care or simply google Studio 10. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Studio 10 Detailing. Okay, so we've had plenty of input from our listeners. So the first one is from Jez Monkey, Michael. His favourite was the Ferrari, the 355 GTS in Goldeneye. Do you remember I can't that? I think of that, no. I, th- I think that's the one where he was driving the DB5 and the rather fetching body woman was driving the 355. I can't remember that. And I think when I was researching this, there was a story about that, that 
I think they rented Fry wouldn't give them the car. Right. They rented the car, two hundred thousand dollar cars on the gut, and I think they ended up crashing it or wrecking it. So they basically had it. It cost them seventy grand to fix it overnight, right. or uh, within a couple of days, basically. Yeah. But if they didn't, they were screwed, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dara underscore F says my favorites are the Z8 and the Lotus Esprit. Some fella called Connor McCann's message then. As a very recent Bond fan, I know nothing, but I'd have to say my favorite Bond car is the DB5, proper classic. Absolutely. He also says, can Lee and I come back to the podcast? I think, think it's Rob? probably best for all your <laughs> listeners that that happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bert, B13RRT, not a car, but always loved the bit where Pierce Brosnan drives the tank in Goldeneye. Oh, yes, one? I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. American listener, Audi underscore exclusive underscore. The Lotus for the wow factor, the first time it's underwater. Absolutely. He also says the Cabrio Toyota 2000 GT from You Only Live Twice because it's rarity. Mm-hmm. Yep, we've talked about the yeah, rarity of that. Okay. Yeah. He also says the DB5 because it's simply an icon of design and style. Couldn't agree more. Um, then John 8 underscore Bill 6 from Six Mile Style. He says Tuck Tuck. So yeah. it's, a, it's a favorite with him. Jeff underscore auto scene. As much as it was sacrilege for some, the tomorrow never dies. 750 IL for me was cool. Did you know it actually wasn't a 750 IL? No. It was a 740. What was it? No, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Don't know why. It's just yeah. a random, random fact <laughs> yeah. I picked up on this one. Jack Lee <laughs> underscore Mark II. E38 7 series hands down. Pimp as fuck and had it controlled through a top of the range Nokia. Cool. Um, see now to the new 7 series or the most recent 7 series have the key probably other models now too have the key where it has the wee computer screen on the key and you can start the vehicle and you can park it through the key mm. as that's, well. that's great when it works ah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> I had one here the other week and uh, the client was showing me on it I was afraid to use it myself in case it went through the workshop wall but, uh, <laughs> but it did work <laughs> <laughs> yeah come pick your car uh, I was parking the wall your, your car's six streets from where you <laughs> left it what was I watching it was a marathon and there was a self-driving car taking a medic or something and they pulled in and got out of the car the car took off <laughs> it was like see ya yeah. Um, yeah so another input uh, Soul of the Road he has the V8 Vantage from License to Kill hashtag drops Mike so that's yeah. that's a de- definitive car, um, but he also goes on to say that's mostly because I wouldn't fit in a spree. <laughs> I've been in a spree. Uh, they're yeah, very they're very cramped now. Uh, Brian underscore Reynolds two two seven says vintage DB five. Yep. Chris Dotmar ninety uh, best Brosnan era car question mark the Z eight takes it for me closely followed by the E thirty eight and seven fifty. Chris is a big BMW guy, so mm, you can see, yes, where, yes, yes. see where that's coming from. Yeah. Uh, Spark Clean underscore autos, no question, just voting for the DB6 lol. Cecily Patrick, the round that gets split in half during a view to the kill. Class, absolutely great one. Crankenwagon, the Living Daylights, the Aston Martin, and the Audi 5000 on BBS wheels. I don't remember that. Yeah. It's an Audi 200 here, but I think it's called oh, 5000 okay. America. Yes, all right. Um, okay. Okay. I was talking to Andy yesterday. He was saying, yeah. oh, it's the oh, Audi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a Roger Moore film. Um, no, it's not Daylights, it. isn't Oh, he's talking about Dallas Martin, sorry. Um, but I think it's a very brief, I think I think there's a saloon and a state 200 used in that film. Do you think it's that why Andy bought an Audi 200? Uh, he, wants like to be a, he wants to be an MFA. Yeah, that's probably what it is. 
Paul Glennon, Glennon 1275. There was a DB5 that went mess, missing in the States. I think it was from Goldfinger. I looked into this and I got a bit of information. There was a, one of the Goldfinger DB5s was, I think it was stolen from an owner in Florida. Right, okay. In the 97 or something like that there. And I think the person that bought it didn't realize it was stolen. There's a, there was an article I was reading basically going, we know where it is. Mm-hmm. We're just wanting the owner to sort of go, <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, okay. I didn't realize this was stolen sort of thing. So there is that. Um, so just the last non-bond then question is uh, from Reckon Ralph in America. Reckon underscore Ralph. 16-inch wheel recommendations for his Mark One Cabriolet. He's running, I think he's running mm. 16 or 15 RSs, RSs man, fully polished. So your next logical stack is Mags. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, actually, E50s yeah. yeah. Or center lock Renault Racings. I'm a 17 inch fan on a Mark oh. One Golf, but that'll be. Well, what? That go, won't be tell for us 17 inch, what are you having? Uh, I would probably have 17 inch RSs RS. with, you know, 0.5 lips or something. Very small lip. Yeah. Or zero lips. Uh, face mount it. That's probably what I'd have. That's what I'm trying to talk you into doing to your Mark One. But I'm just I stupid. have not succeeded yet. I'm stupid and I don't have the money, so we'll just move <laughs> on from that. No, uh, magnesium wheels. Get them on. Yeah. <laughs> so that rounds up the questions. It rounds up the podcast for this week. And thanks very much for input. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you understood me. I hope you understood me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, thanks again, Rob, for coming in. Do you want to fire out your socials there? Yeah, so uh, no, thanks for having me on. Um, I definitely uh, wouldn't have lived up to Connor and Lee. They do a great job in this. So uh, shout out to them for, for letting me stand in as well. Uh, but yeah, my socials is uh, studio underscore 10 underscore detailing. Um, I don't have a private account on Instagram. I'm not on social media very much. So it's mostly just the business page. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, myself, I'm at VDubboy and Connor Lee are at Connor McCann and at Maxwell House. Maxwell House 46. 46. Um, so collectively, we were known at Reload Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Give us a follow. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, Give it a review. I don't know what the hell it does, but apparently all the it podcasts, works somehow. yeah, something like that. There. If you don't like it, don't tell anybody. You listen to it. Secret. Yeah. <laughs> don't be <laughs> move on. Just move on. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks very much for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thank you. Cheers.